Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. So I want to talk to you about what uh, about a a famous message that was preached 100 years ago by a man named John G. Lake. How many of you know him? Okay, he was a famous healing evangelist. This guy, they they said back then conservatively that he healed over 100,000 people. And of course, that is before, you know, you could really get around and, um, you know, planes and all of that. And so um, he did spend some time in Africa, but the man really saw just remarkable power in his ministry. He actually... Um, uh, learned about healing through a man named Alexander Dowie, um, who uh, back in the turn of the century, turn of the uh, 19th century, um, God, it's so weird to even say that. Oh, boy. Um, but back then, Alexander Dowie had had actually purchased a city and renamed it Zion in, in Illinois. And they were seeing incredible miracles, uh, healing miracles. And he, he, his wife, and two other members of his family had fatal diseases, and all were healed completely. So just remarkable. And, and he was like, you know, what is this? Wait a minute. You know, the Holy Spirit also heals. So this was... This was over a hundred years ago. He started his ministry back in 1898. And, and so he's seeing all of the, these miracles and seeing all these healings, but he said, but I'm not there yet. And all of his friends said over and over, yeah, you're there. I mean, your ministry is up and running. You've got a following people or people are getting healed everywhere you go. And he goes, no, 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 there's more. And they're like, what do you mean there's more? So he fasted and he prayed for nine months. He set himself apart. At the end of nine months, the glory of God fell on him. He had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, and the more came to him. And this is the message that he preached about triune salvation. That it is not just that we are saved. We're saved. Yes, it's true. But there's actually three parts to who we are. We are spirit, we are soul, and we are body. And he said all three of these have to be saved and regenerated. You don't hear a lot of that today. But he talked about the union with God and how the fullness of God comes to the three parts that we are made up of. And it was really, I encourage you to go online. I'm not going to preach that message verbatim, but I encourage you, it's available if you duck, duck, go it. Notice I didn't say that other word. (laughs) The spy network. Um, By every biblical standard, John G. Lake represented true apostolic ministry. We don't see a lot of that today, but he demonstrated it on the earth over a hundred years ago. Through him, the Great Commission was realized and the kingdom of God was manifested everywhere he went. His ministry, like I said, it began in 1898 which was a long time ago, but the spirit doesn't age. 
as it was in the days when Jesus walked the earth, as it was when the first disciples walked the earth, so it shall be now and even more so before his return. John realized that his generation had been given the privilege of seeing these power signs and wonders and seeing a return of the apostolic ministry back to the church through the revelation of the kingdom of God. But he discerned that his generation missed it because they did not understand the true definition of what an apostolic church was. They believed incorrectly that it would be built around the doctrine and manifestation of healing power. They believed incorrectly that it would be built around the restoration of the gifts of the Spirit and speaking in tongues. And they believed incorrectly that it would be built around the doctrine of holiness. Now listen to what I am saying, not what I'm not saying. While all of these qualities and are attributes of the Holy Spirit and essential to the church, they do not sustain apostolic ministry. They are the outer workings of the Holy Spirit. Lake observed that people were focused on the phenomena of God, but not of the person of God. He said this, he believed that apostolic ministry is defined and realized through individuals becoming the habitation of God. The habitation of God. The habitation of God. The temple of God. The body of Christ. The home where Jesus lays his head. The Holy Spirit literally manifested in spirit, soul, and body. The Holy Spirit will manifest himself in these three areas as we yield these three areas to his grace and his supernatural power. This process was not just reformation, but it was renewal and transformation. I was talking to my friend um, Stacy Campbell recently. And she said, I was there for the Toronto outpouring. Brownsville. All of these revivals. And she said, do you know that in these places where some of the greatest experiences of healing, the presence and power of God, deliverances, that there is zero transformation in those cities. In fact, in Toronto, now they have a gay mayor. So what is the afterglow? Because where Christ is, there should be transformation. Because the true apostolic church will have transformation attached to it as it was in the beginning. 
Those cities were transformed by a living God because they had, they had apostles and disciples that had made room for him in their spirit, their soul, and their body. He, they, they, they allowed the Holy Spirit to be fully manifest in them. John G. Lake said that union with the Holy Spirit was not just a gift of power, but of God himself. God sent his son on the cross so that his son could come and live on the inside of us, that we would have God in us, that we would not be just known as Christians, but we would be known as Christ men and Christ women. You're supposed to be like a no vacancy sign on you. <laughs> I'm sorry. There's no room in here. I'm full. There is, this, you know, it was said of Jesus, Satan had nothing in him. He was like, how can I get a foothold or a stronghold? Is there a door? Is there a window? Is there any room within him that has a vacancy that has a, that, no, there's no vacancy. There's no room within us that those three areas are completely filled up with God, yielded to God. First Thessalonians 5.23 says this. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through, through and through, all the way, leaving nothing behind. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, he is coming for a blameless and spotless and pure bride, somebody that looks just like him, meaning we have to have complete and total habitation. He takes up full residency, not partial residency. It's like, is she pregnant? Well, she's partially pregnant. No, no, no. I'm all the way pregnant, right, ladies? When you get pregnant, boy, are you pregnant. You know, there is no, there is no shadow of turning in that. It's just like, whoo, there it is. And that's the way it is with Jesus, that we are fully occupied full habitation where we are united with God in these three areas, spirit, soul, and body. Joseph, would you come up here? Would you be my demonstration? You, you... Hi. All right, I want you to look at him. Okay, he is the body of Christ. He is the body where Christ resides. He is soul He is body and he is spirit. All three of these things in one. Okay, thank you. So when we think of the body of Christ, we have been trained to think corporately. Oh, well, the body of Christ. Yeah, the body of Christ. But actually, you are the body of Christ. I am the body of Christ. God gave me this body that he could dwell in. Matthew has his body that that God dwells in. His body is tall and thin. You know, I, I'm, not, I'm not there yet. But all of us in our own uniqueness, personality, hair color, eye color, the beauty of who each one of us is to God. He's like, 
I'm going to put on, you've heard, uh, what is that? Um, oh gosh, The Incredibles. Where is my super suit? That's the Holy Spirit's like, where is my Matthew suit? Where is my Tracy suit? Right? He puts us on. All right. So, um, turn in your Bibles to, uh, let's see, Ephesians 4.13. Now, Matthew talked about this last week. We're going to keep hitting this because this is for all of us. And I don't know about you, but my goal for me is my same goal for you. I'm looking to be the perfect woman, not the perfect man, but the perfect woman. But you know, it's superimposed both. Yeah, I did find the perfect man. John Eckerd, will you please stand? <laughs> All right, Ephesians 4.13. All right, he's talking about the fivefold ministry. We're going to have the fivefold ministry for the edifying of the body of Christ until, say until. until. So, see, there's something that happens. We're doing, we're, we've got the fivefold ministry. He said, listen, I'm going to give this to you until moment. We all come to the unity of the faith. Now, unity of the faith. Again, this is not about all of the different types of religion, you know, um, 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 what am I trying to say? It's not about the Methodists and the Baptists and the denominations. Thank you. They're not all coming together. They weren't there when they wrote this. You know, okay, you get it, right? Unity of the faith. He is talking about the unity of the faith, that mean, meaning the Godhead with man. Um, and the knowledge of the Son of God to the perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Come on, man. The stature of the fullness of Christ? Are you kidding me? This is amazing. I want to be this perfect man. Okay, so it's saying this is possible. This is possible. This should be our goal not about what we're doing, but what about we're becoming. And the beauty of this is that he does all the work. But we just have to have a revelation of it going, wait a minute. I think I want that. I, I want that right there. Because in that is the fullness of joy. In that is the fullness of peace. In that is the fullness of everything that Jesus died on the cross for me to have on the inside and on the outside. Okay, I'm going to keep reading. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the, in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Well, there's a little of that going on these days. Oh, deceitful plotting. But we are not tossed about because we are being perfected. And it was like, no, 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 no. I see you. I hear you, you deceiver. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into all things, say all things, into him who is the head Christ, from whom the whole body joined together, joined and knit together, by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So the good news is that there is perfection coming to the body of Christ. God has a maturity movement happening right now. He's growing us up. 
Oh, I'm going to shake. He said, I'm going to shake everything that can be shaken so that what cannot be shaken will remain. Do you know that there are millionaires and billionaires being made right now in COVID? Why? Because he said, I'm going to shake everything that can't be shaken. And that which does not shake will not be afraid. Shaking is when you get fearful. Okay. You start to shake, right? Uh Uh-oh, what's going to happen? All of that. You get into fear and you pull back. Those that aren't in fear, when everything starts to shake, what do they do? Oh, yeah, all those apples falling out that tree, they're going and gathering all of them. They're starting businesses. They're getting promoted because they're the the lions in the land. They're the ones that are being promoted right now by God. The ones that have the foundation, the rock, they're standing on it. I sound like I'm mad, but I'm not mad. I just thought about that. I thought, wow, I'm getting pretty aggressive here. Anyway. All right. So here's the thing. This is possible. Um, here's the thing. We don't have to leave behind our human experience. But it has to be so max- maximized. I don't know about you, but I'm like, I, you know my famous saying, I, it was on the t-shirts that everybody wore last week because it was my birthday. I haven't come this far to come this far. There, you can maximize your human experience on this earth. I don't want to leave anything behind. I don't want to get there and the Lord say, you know, all that stuff that I had for you, you actually didn't lay hands on it. You didn't lay hold of it. It's, it, it, I had to give it to somebody else. I mean, I don't know about you, but I don't want to have that conversation. I'm like, no, I am laying hold of the most, the greatest, the widest, the deepest. I'm going for a hundred turnover. I want it all. And I want it all for the glory of God because I want my life to matter, not a little bit, but I want it to matter to the full pinnacle, maximum, extreme sports, everything you can think of, right? That's our portion. It takes our, this, this type of life, the, 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 with the triune salvation, it takes our human experience and it infuses it with heaven's mandate. And it's like, I'm going to run with the horses. I'm not growing weary. No one's leaving me behind, but I'm going to be at the head of the pack. Amen. So to be united, we have, uh, this is, uh, to be united, we have to come into subjection of the word of God in these three areas. We submit ourselves, spirit, soul, and body to God's will and God's word. Now we know that. I've been preaching that until my eyeballs are falling out, okay? What separates us from God, okay? So we want unity, but here's what separates us from God is pride. The word is very clear about that. Because we think we know, we're like, oh, yeah, my will, my will, my way, my will. And he's like, well, good luck with that. Because I'm not over there. You're supposed to be over here. Jesus prayed and said, I pray that they would be with me where I am. He didn't pray, oh, I pray that I would be with them where they are. Because he knows we'll drive ourselves off a cliff. Now, it's not that he won't rescue us. Because he does time and again, but he would much rather you get on the accelerated plan, the gold standard. Get there faster with cost you less money and less heartache. I want that plan, right? All right. 
So God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So we don't want to be pride. And the definition of pride, again, is our will over God's will, our way over God's way. All right, let's go back to the beginning. Adam. Adam. So the Godhead is having a conversation. And he's like, man, look at the beautiful universe that I made. I made the stars. I made the sun. I made the moon. I made the firmament. I made the trees and the flowers and the animals and the fish and the oceans. And I told the oceans how far to come. Boy, that's awesome. And he's having a conversation with Jesus and the Holy Spirit. And he said, Let's, let us make another in our image. Let us make another. Ooh, we can make somebody. That would be awesome because I have so much love in my heart, the three of us. Let's make another one so we can expand our love. You know that love expands? Hate divides, right? So... So he's want, they're wanting more. And so they make number four. They got the three. They made number four. Man, number four. We'll just call him number four, okay? So God took the earth and formed you. There is a little truth about us coming from sludge. <laughs> I mean, really. The scientists are like, well, I think you came from the earth. That is really true. But here was the difference maker. God formed the body of man and then he breathed his breath or his spirit into us. And we became soul bearing. That was the place where we got united as one. Body, soul, and spirit. Adam was united. He was one in unity with the Godhead. He was number four. And then he had number five, perfected it, of course. (laughs) Whoa, man. (laughs) All right. But then Adam, of course, listened to Satan. He entertained. Here's what he did. And I want you to listen to this. He entertained the margin. He entertained the margin. What do I mean by that? There's only one tree he had to avoid, right? All the others. Just that one, that 10%. 5%, 5%, that 1%. So a lot of us, what we'll do, we entertain the margin because we're like, oh, I'm going to give you everything except this. I'm going to hold on to this. I'm going to hold on to this in, in my body. I'm going to hold on to this in my, in my emotions and my mind. I'm going to hold on to this in the spirit. I'm just going to hold on to this little bit, and I'm just going to have my will in this little bitty area right here. Uh Uh-oh. But a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. You can have 99% that you've given away and still have that 1%, and guess what? You're still not free. You're still not sanctified in these areas. It's true. I know. You're like, why? It's so much easier, right, baby? What would that, what was that guy? What did he say to us one time? Because we were just like, why God, we're in so much pain. Why? Where's our breakthrough? And, and somebody said, if you're holding on so tight, let go. Margin. Margin. Got to be 
all the way, wholehearted, in devotion and submission to God in these three areas. So when Adam ate of the knowledge of good and evil, death came to his spirit, his soul, and his body. Decay set into the human body. So what happened? God said, all right, I'm going to send another. Like 4,000 years goes by, right? And he's like, man, it's about time. It's about time. But I, but Jesus, hey, number two, can you, second person of the Godhead, Jesus, number two, can you go down there and get everyone, bring them back to me? Because it's about time. And Jesus said, Dad, that's a great idea. But you know, I'm going to need a body. And he's like, yeah, that's right. Okay, I got that handled. So the Holy Spirit came upon a virgin, formed a body for God. Jesus would have a frame and a body to walk in so that he would again be the second Adam, a life-giving spirit for all of us and show us how it's done. 1 Corinthians 9.27 says this, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection lest when I have preached to others, I myself have become disqualified. I am focusing today on your bodies. Because we kind of get the soul and the spirit. We can handle that by the word of God. But when it comes to the body, that's a little bit different, right? And quite frankly, Americans have become fat and lazy. I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Food has become our idol. Sauces and desserts and whatever. Yeah, it's true. Many of us have defiled our bodies through gluttony, addictions, and sexual immorality because we haven't brought our bodies into subjection to the grace and will of God. We live partial lives. We're tired, lethargic, sluggish, cloudy in our thinking, limited in our movement, and we have guilt and shame. This is not the accelerated plan that God had for us, but we think we think about the two, the soul and the spirit, but we don't understand that even Jesus himself had a physical body. You are the temple of the living God. He lives literally on the inside of us. He genuinely cares about what you eat and that you exercise. Where is heaven? Heaven is on the inside of us. It's not there. It's not there. He said it's right here. I hope I'm killing some sacred cows in this room. (laughs) The enemy is after our bodies right now, today. We are in a season where we are in an all-out attack on our physical bodies. Why? Because your physical body houses the very image of God. The only way the enemy can get to you is he he destroys your body, either through corrupting your DNA. We're back in Genesis 6. I'm telling you, beware, beware. Or through, through poisoning the food supply. 
the water, the air. How much more do we need to be on guard right now saying, God, you need to talk to me about my physical health and the health of my family. Now, I personally came from people that, that ate little Debbie's all the time. I mean, we did not, I didn't have a health culture. I didn't come, nobody in my family was granola. Nobody. In fact, I used to make fun of granola people. I was like, okay, Whole Foods people. Remember the Whole Foods people back in the 80s? Okay, maybe you don't. But anyway, I do. I was like, that's where the weirdos shop. I'll be over here at Walmart buying the Little Debbies and the donuts. Okay? But then I got saved And then the Holy Spirit began to talk to me about running the race. We have to discipline ourselves so that we can be in union with Christ in spirit, soul, and body. When I began my journey, and I'm going to just give you some practical tips, okay? First of all, you're going to have to decide. You're going to have to decide up here because it's mind over matter. You're going to have to decide that you're going to be disciplined with your body. And just like Paul said, bring it into subjection. So you have to decide, how do you want to live? Are you going to spend all your time at the doctor's office? Are you going to spend your time maybe getting healthy? Either way, you're going to spend your time doing something. And I don't know about you, but I'm going out with a bang and not a whimper. My hair will be on fire when I'm 95 years old. And I will be saying something totally coherent. (laughs) In Jesus' name. Okay, so this is what I do. So maybe this will help. I don't know. Maybe it won't. I'm just going to tell you anyway, because I have the microphone. So every... 10 years or so, I noticed, because I'm not, I'm older than some of you. Somebody said, I just need to say I'm not as young as I used to be, not that I'm older. And I was like, okay, whatever. So, so every 10 years or so, I noticed that my body would change, right? You kind of get to the end of your 30s and you're like, what is happening? That human growth hormone thing is a real thing. And I don't think I have any more of it. And then you kind of go into your 40s, and you're like, what in the world is happening? Like, all of the other hormones in my body are starting to, I can't see anything anymore. You know, and then your brain kind of gets foggy, and you're like, I can't, this is not okay. And so you, what you have to do is every step of the way, you have to adjust things. Because you have to say, no, 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 this isn't my portion. My portion isn't to settle for or create coping around my lack of exercise and eating right. But it is to say, I have to find a new way. So I had to, I had to, I would research. I went to all these doctors. They put me on medicine. I was like, this medicine is for the birds. I'm not doing that. You're making it worse, you know? So I went and knew this may be, I don't know, too much information. John just loves it when I do this. John's like, nope, let's open it. Reverse. 
so anyway, I got on the bioidentical hormones, which are natural. It is a naturally produced hormone, which I just needed. And all of a sudden, like my brain came back and I, you know, lost like a lot of weight. It was awesome. But I had to do a lot of research in order to find things that worked for me. Okay. Then I had to incorporate a different kind of exercise, you know, in my fifties. I was like, well, what I used to do actually doesn't work anymore. And again, it comes from the philosophy. I've, I haven't come this far to come this far. I'm not going to be satisfied with that. God has the most for me and I'm going to run with the horses. Right. And so if we're going to do this, we have to get healthy. And so then I had a, then I, it was the last, I had to quit eating donuts and all the time. And, um, then, you know, I, and so I had to start eating organic and, and then I noticed that I couldn't eat bread. And so I gave up bread and these are things that, and here's the thing. It was more important for me to be able to worship Jesus without being exhausted all the time and to do the things that God's called me to do than it was for me to eat cake and bread. All right? I mean, that's just the bottom line. If you want to eat bread all the time and like have fog brain and and not be able to keep up and have a limited life and spend all your time at the doctor's offices, then that's okay too. But I'm telling you that we will get, you will stand before the Lord one day and he'll say, I had all of this for you, but because you weren't willing to submit your body to me as well as your soul and spirit, you didn't get to obtain it. We have, I have to, I need you to be healthy, to run with me. We need to be healthy. We have to do our part, and then the Holy Spirit will do his part. Now, it doesn't mean he's not going to heal us. He does heal us all the time. But I want to do my part, and if something happens, I want I want for me to make sure that I have sanctified myself in my physical body because it's pleasing to the Lord, because I love him, and I don't want him to have to work any harder than he has to. So I have four things I want you to do. Number one, in order to sanctify your spirit and your um, soul, you have to give time to prayer, the word, this will sanctify uh, just the presence of God and the word of God, your mind, your emotions, your spirit. Number two, evaluate your health and your stamina. Be honest with where you are. Have some self-awareness and go, you know what? What I'm doing isn't working. And I need to adjust it. I need to ask the Holy Spirit, help me to find the solution. We're not supposed to live limited lives. Number three, come up with a plan and stay on it. Now, I'm going to speak to some of you. Stay on it. A hundred percent. When I was, when I was shifting things from being sick and, and not feeling healthy, I didn't cheat. I didn't, I didn't partake in the margin. 
But I said, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to go for it 100%. I'm all in until things change. And with that, I was able now, now I've, I've reached a level of health and wellness and vitality at my age that most people in their 20s don't even have, but I've reached a level that now I can have cake. Now I can have some bread. Now I can eat some things. Now I can enjoy it, but it's balanced. But I had to shift my health to, to where I could, I, but I had to be 100% in in the shift. Okay, number four, you have to move and you have to exercise. You have to move. The body is meant for movement. You got to sweat. And when you sweat, you detox. Now, I was, just an aside, I'm almost finished. Uh, I was born with a mutant gene called MTHFR, which means I don't naturally detox. So I have to force myself to detox. But I do that. I take um, salt baths three times a week. I'm in the steam weekly. I make sure that I am very, and listen, every single one of us has a certain DNA stuff. Every single one of us have gone through childhood trauma. But God, through his grace, gives us the ability to overcome these things so that we can again be on the accelerated plan. All right. Y'all good? Do you still love me? All right, so let's stand. We're going to do some repentance and some business with the Lord. For those of you that are with us online, I want you to, um, I want you to just close your eyes. Okay? We're going to repent this morning. So I want you to repeat after me, okay? Father, I repent of gluttony. Sexual sin, addictions. God, would you give me the grace to overcome? I commit myself a hundred percent to the process of sanctification of my spirit, my soul, and my body. In Jesus' name, Amen.